The NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by SGPN's Big Game Bingo. $57 SGPN gift card for every single bingo hit. We're also brought to you by SGPN's 57 Bets Challenge. $570 in cash and a $570 gift card to the winner of the props contest. Get all our contests info exclusively on the SGPN app. And of course, if you're going to be out in Arizona for the big game, make sure to check out the live show going on at the Ainsworth Thursday at 11 a.m. Sean and Ryan will be there. Many other special guests too. Register today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash big game. Drivers, start your Wrap in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. But since I'm on probation, I suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well. If you could talk about racing things, we could talk about racing things. Now, here are your hosts, Rod Gomez and Cody Zeeb. Fine, Kurt Busch. We'll do nothing short of talking racing things all day long, every day. It is the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's Cody Zeeb. I am Rod Gomez, and we are still basking in the glow of the clash at the Coliseum. But it is time to look ahead, of course, to the Daytona 500, the Super Bowl the real Super Bowl, the one that counts, the one that matters to us here in the motorsports community of the NASCAR uh, racing schedule. But yes, Cody, um, one thing down, another big event to go. We are almost there, Rod. Man, it again, it's just, I'm just so pumped. We had cars on the track. We had racing. It's that first shot of, of excitement, adrenaline. Now we got to wait 12 more days, unfortunately, but it's almost here. I'm excited. Um, speaking of the 12 days until the Daytona 500, we got our quick history lesson for today. Number 12 car is a pretty storied car in NASCAR history. Uh, 1,479 starts for the number 12, 62 race wins, uh, five or rather, yeah, 556 top 10 finishes on the pole 96 times for car number 12. That I think has been the most of any number we've covered. Um, and big surprise who has most of those polls when we get there. Uh, and actually, I guess he is the, the driver with the most starts on the number 12, Ryan Newman, the rocket man, right? Gets that, that, uh, nickname from his ability to qualify. He has 42 pole position starts in his career. Um, in his 252 starts in the, the number 12, he ran some other numbers as well. So I think he's got more on there, but specifically in the number 12 car. 
252 starts, 42 poles, 13 wins, uh, led almost 4,000 laps, completed over 70,000 laps in that car number. Ryan Blaney, actually second on this list, current driver of the number 12, of course, likely not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, he's got 182 starts in the number 12, six career wins. He's already got 53 top fives, 88 top tens. Uh, he's completed almost 47,000 laps in his career in the car number 12. Bobby Allison, Hall of Famer, of course. He started 170 car uh, races in this number 12 car, 25 career wins. He also had 28 pole position awards. Um, 111 of his 170 starts in the number 12 finished in the top 10. Jeremy Mayfield, 127 starts, three wins in the number 12 car, 28 top fives for him. He sat on the pole five times. Neil Bonnet, another legend of the sport, 102 starts, three wins. Derek Cope started 72 races. Hut Strickland, 71. Brad Keselowski actually started 39 races in the number 12 car. He was in the number 12 before he got shifted over to the number two car. Um, so he had 39 starts, two top tens in those starts. Jimmy Spencer spent some time in this car. Donnie Allison, uh, David Stremme, Speedy Thompson, Lenny Pond, Tim Richmond, Mike Wallace of the, the famous Wallace brothers. Um, Sam Hornish Jr. made a couple of starts. Uh, scrolling on down through the list here. Marvin Panch made a start in this car number, and a lot of guys have started on this. Kyle Petty actually started in the number 12 for one race. Buddy Baker started a race. 106 different drivers have started a race in the number 12 car. Um, the car number that has been fairly well used in NASCAR history, although it was dormant from 2015 through 2017, nobody raced the number 12 car uh, before Penske brought it back. And Ryan Blaney jumped in the 2018 season and has been in there ever since. Uh, this list heavily dominated by Ford at 677, Dodge in second at 342. Some of that was the Penske time. Uh, Penske was a Dodge manufacturer there for a while. Uh, Chevrolet, Buick. Uh, <laughs> Jaguar shows up on the list, Rod. One start in the number 12 car. The Nash Motor Company also one start. Hudson, one start. Studebaker, two starts, uh, even 15 races in a Pontiac, 31 races in a Matador, um, Oldsmobile, Buick, Pontiac, yeah, Plymouth, all kinds of manufacturers on here, but uh, the Jaguar, one race in number 12 as well. Uh, always a highlight when we get to that one for whatever reason. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's just it's really cool to hear Jaguar on the yeah. uh, NASCAR pack. You know, it's, it's, it's such an off, off thing to, to talk about when you're talking about NASCAR, but... You know? All this talk about, is it going to be Dodge? Is it going to be Honda? Maybe Jaguar is the, the next manufacturer in NASCAR. They make their return. It will be a Jaguar. <laughs> um, no, I, I remember, obviously, I remember Jamie McMurray. Uh, obviously, we remember Ryan Newman in that uh, in that 12 car for the longest time. Uh, although, who was Newman's main sponsor? I'm trying. I'm Newman was Altel. Altel. That was his, his main one. Uh, Mobile One was on that car for a while. Jeremy Mayfield, most of the time he ran was that. Bobby Allison, the Miller High Life car. That's kind of a throwback old school car. That was a very cool looking car. Um, so yeah, that that car has generally been associated with one sponsor throughout those guys. Now, obviously with Blaney, Menards mostly, but you got some body armor and a ton of other things that end up on that car as 
as it goes nowadays. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems as if we've we've left the single sponsor cars uh, behind. And even, even you know, the 18, it was a, a toss between Interstate and then uh, Mars and then, you know, whatever did, else was Did you there. see Interstate's going to be on all four cars as primaries this year, which we saw Bell in the Clash already. Uh, but yeah, there's going to be races, all four cars for JGR, the 18, the 19, the 20, and the 54, or no. That's not right. Not the 18, <laughs> the 19, the 20, the 54 and the 11 of Denny Hamlin. Uh, they're going to be sponsors, main sponsor on all four of those cars. So the interstate batteries car might be a different number every race. <laughs> it was really strange to see the 20 though, in that green. It just, it didn't look right that to us a couple of times lately yeah. like where the DeWalt car was on the 19 or like auto trader or whatever, or auto owners insurance or whatever was on on the 18 or something different. And it was, yeah, been throwing us off lately with their sponsorship combinations. Yeah. And then my daughter comes downstairs and says to me, dad, that's not, that's not Kyle Bush's car. Dad, that's <laughs> that. I, why is that green on the 20? And I said, well, babe, we're, we're in a new era. <laughs> it is <laughs> a new era. <laughs> it is a new era. I said, you got to get used to seeing Kyle Bush in the bet MGM car, because that's what he's going to be in. That's a nice looking car. I I like the look on that car. He's got some. He's had some pretty good paint schemes that they've released for him this year. Yeah, it's pretty slick. I do. I do like that all black one though. That I think they they'll roll out at the special events too, right? That one. Oh is, yeah, yeah. I don't that one's who the slick. sponsor is on that. No, that's but. Bet MGM still. But is it's it? It is Bet MGM. Is it? It's like matte black or something. Yeah, it's just yeah. a beautiful looking car. Yes. So. Yep. That is gorgeous. Um, all right. Well, there's plenty of stuff to get to. We'll talk about some news. We'll talk about some notes. We'll get to uh, to some of the the lead up to the Daytona 500, and then uh, in the third in the third stage, we'll actually we'll, we'll get you going a little bit with some more betting talk. So let's some more uh, futures odds that popped up. Futures love odds. to see it. Keep going, books. Keep going. We love you for this. Um, all right. We'll step away for a break. Come back, and we'll talk some news and some notes. But before we do, let's tell you about WinBet. It's the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there's tons of ways to win, including live betting and, of course, your favorite, my favorite, same-game parlays, also known as WinBet's Build Your Own Bet. Plus, the big game is here, someone told me, and WinBet has you covered. Great promos, odds, payouts. It's all happening right now at WinBet. Now you're ready to play. Sign up today. You're going to get a special offer. Bet $100, get $100 limited to state availability. And of course, as always, if you hit the biggest long shot of the week, you're going to get $1,000 free credit. So much to choose from it. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone who has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. The mothership is going to be out in Arizona for the big game. That is the SGP, the Sports Gambling Podcast. We hold their moniker, but they are the big show. Make sure to check out the SGP's live show at the Ainsworth. That's happening Thursday at 11 o'clock in the morning. Go register today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash big game. They'll be there. Special guests will be there. So much fun to be had during that live show. If you're in the area, please don't miss out. Go meet Sean. Go meet Ryan. Go meet all of our friends that are hanging out at the big game. Best of all, it's free. and You'll be able to watch the show and have some drinks with the guys that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash big game 
I'm jealous of anybody that's going to be out there. Not because they're going to be watching um, some game, something, I don't know, tiddlywinks game that's going on out there. Uh, but, you know, the fact that they get to hang out with Sean Ryan and everybody out the, at the main show, I, I love those guys. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like it's going to be a fun time. I wish I was a little bit closer to Arizona. I'd love to get over there. Uh, but maybe maybe we'll be at a Super Bowl together sometime soon, Rob. I think we'll all have to know. You are Super Bowl together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yes. <laughs> That's happening. Yes. Uh, well, you know, if, uh, if the Super Bowl is in Miami at some point, right, we go down there for the Super Bowl, hang out with the guys, head over to Daytona. I mean, listen... Okay, NFL. Not when the next Super Bowl might. I was about to say, if you're listening, NFL, let's do this. Uh, all right. Well, so there is some news. There is some notes. As uh, again, we we talk about it every single week. Cody's list never gets smaller. Uh, all it ever does is just continue to grow. So, Cody, as we head into Daytona, the Daytona 500, what's some of the things you're keeping your eyes on? Well, there's actually some big news that came out today in regards to the Daytona 500, so we could cover that. Um, first of all, the Money Mayweather team, the number 50 car, we knew they were going to end our car, didn't know the driver. There was the Elio Castanova's uh, speculation. He said he wasn't going to do it. It is going to be Connor Daly, um, the IndyCar driver, and it sounds like he'll be on with, with them for multiple races. I would assume quite a few road courses. Uh, that's where he ran some some races last year. Um, and so that puts us up to six open cars so far for the Daytona 500. So you have daily now, Austin Hill, Jimmy Johnson, Travis Pastrana, Chandler Smith, and Zane Smith. Um, those guys are the six that are for sure going to enter only four spots for those six guys. Also, we haven't heard from team Hesburgh if they're going to enter one or two of their cars, uh, New York racing, or anybody else who might jump into the ring last second. Obviously, getting down to crunch time, we only got 12 more days, so you would expect announcements soon. But uh, at least six guys, so for sure, two guys will not make the show, and we'll head home. Uh, so gonna going to be interesting to see who that ends up being. I like Jimmy's odds on that one, though. I really do. If only two drivers are going to miss out, I, I like Jimmy's odds of being one of the four that can get in because – Obviously, he's got most pretty much the most experience out of everybody on there, I would say, right? I don't know, maybe just a couple more years worth of experience. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Just a little bit. He's, he's only won seven championships. I mean. I mean, look, I know it's like riding a bike, but it's like driving a race car. Uh, but, yeah. But it's, you know, it's kind of a crapshoot on getting into the Daytona 500. It's not... Not necessarily the same as getting in somewhere else. Well, I mean, listen, 48 was always a finely tuned machine with Hendrick Motorsports power underneath the hood. He doesn't have that right now. And it's not that he's got, you know, terrible equipment. And obviously, I'm sure Legacy's got some pretty uh, pretty good power underneath it with, with the remnants of what was uh, Petty GMS. But, you know, uh, the same token, it's, it's not Hendrick. And it's going to be interesting to see if he can do it. I think he can. But uh, as as for Daly, that's a big that's a big announcement. He's you know he's made some noise over there in open wheel too. So um, and if he's going to be running multiple races this season, that's a guy to keep an eye on as well. Has he done? And I don't know. Has he done much cup racing? And if he has, uh, yeah, okay, good I on think, him. I but. know he started a couple of races last year. Um, let's see if I can pull it up here super quickly and see just where he's. Or how many he started at least so he's an indycar driver obviously he's just started the one so he's 89 races in indycar 
over eight seasons. Um, just a one Cup Series race so far, which was the Roval um, at Charlotte in the 50 car. Um, and yeah, it doesn't. And he started one one Xfinity race and one Truck race. Uh, Xfinity was back in 2018, actually, and Trucks 2020 and 2021 for his two starts there. So uh, nothing too crazy as far as a ton of experience so far in uh, in the Cup Series or or even in the stock car side of things with NASCAR necessarily. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to keep an eye on him and see how he does. Um, as not so much a Daytona. I mean, again. Anybody can kind of anybody can win. Right? We <laughs> talked about it. Anybody can do well in these races, but I will be more um, more, I guess, curious to see how he runs on the road courses. Right, the IndyCar guys spend a lot more times on time on the road courses. Yeah, they run some ovals too, but uh, you know, road road courses is more of their thing on the open wheel side of things. But open wheel car, stock car pretty big differences but we've seen some guys come over with some pretty solid success before so we'll see and again that's just a part-time team they get a lot of money right <laughs> floyd mayweather's uh he's got a few dollars to his name well, but two. uh we'll see <laughs> well and but we've also seen though, over the last few years that that advantage that those open wheel guys used to bring uh to the table have, has sort of dried up obviously with the increased amount of road courses on the schedule now versus the what two that used to be on there when it was Watkins Glen and Sonoma. Now yep. almost every other course is a road course. So these guys are getting a little more savvy as to how to make right and left turns. And the, the open wheel guys are not necessarily as a valuable of a commodity as they used to be to these teams that used to bring it in and say, Hey, you know, I got an open seat. Let's see if we can get you a win. So this, this team can get a win under their belt. Yeah, exactly. And he did finish 34th in his one start. So, not super impressive, but yeah, I, I mean, back in the day, there was legit road course ringers. Boris said would come in, uh, guys like Max Pappas and uh, Marcos Ambrose. Even a guy like AJ Allmendinger for a while was a guy where all of a sudden JTG, you know, that those cars weren't much of anything, and then you go to the road courses and and he'd be one of the best. And it's not that way anymore with the increased races. Obviously, going to a year, it was kind of like eh whatever we're not going to put a lot of time or focus into it some guys over the years jeff gordon's the tony stewart's were really really good at it um but nowadays with it being such a bigger thing with all these guys driving in different series and doing different things and there's been some guys that have come to cup series via that route right guys like aj allmendinger austin Sindrick, um some of these other guys and so and with there being six on the schedule now uh it is a much bigger focus so uh yeah, it's it's not not the same as when they kind of when we had the ringers. I mean, it, again, we'll keep an eye on him, especially if they put him in any head to heads whatsoever. I mean, we're, we may not even see his name uh, on the betting cards, but we'll keep an eye out just in case it happens, and and we'll we'll keep you abreast of what we yes. think. So, the uh, shocking news that came out today: so Zane Smith, we knew he was going to run a third uh, car for Front Row Motorsports in the Daytona 500. So they announced today that's a 36 car. Not a surprise. They've used that number before. But they announced that he's also going to run the 38 car, replacing Todd Gilliland in up to six Cup Series races. So Todd Gilliland, he's in his second year with the team, not going to be running for a championship anymore. He's losing his ride for six races. Um, so it looks like he will be 
at Daytona, of course, in the 36, and then he'll be at the Phoenix One race, the Talladega, Sonoma, Texas, Charlotte Road Course, and the Coke 600 um, in the 38 car. So this is tough because this is where the business part of it meets the, the human side of it, right? Because a guy like Todd Gilliland, he's got a chance, and he's done some some decent things in the type of car he's in, but the business side creeps in. If the money's not there, it sounds like Zane Smith is bringing uh, Am Better Health with him. Health and Wellness uh, will sponsor him for these races. Um, so maybe they were having a hard time selling the Gilliland sponsorships. Um, but then on the Zane Smith side of things, right, he got the chance on the seven or in the six car last year, filling in for was he in the six for Brad, right? Yeah, for a hot second, Brad yeah. that missed the race with COVID protocols, um, and he filled in and did great, right? He had a great run, um, and he's we've talked about him over the years in the truck series. Was it three or four seasons in a row? He's finished in the top two in the points now, so and winning the championship this past season. So at the same time, uh, well deserved from him to get a chance to run some races. Sucks that it comes at Gillen's expense. Um, Gillen did tweet it tweet out, as you have heard, I won't be full time in the 38 this year. It was a shock to me, shock when they told me, and I'm disappointed. We're working really hard to still be be behind the wheel for the races I'll be missing and plan on putting our best foot forward this season. So maybe there's an opportunity if he can get some funding, he ends up in a Rick Ware car or something else, and he's still able to run all the races. That's a possibility. And if he is able to do that, he would still be able to compete for the championship if he wins a race at some point, uh, you know, gets a super speedway win or something like that. So it'll be interesting to kind of keep an eye on him and see there. But that just shows you the brutal side of the sport where it does come to dollars and cents sometimes, and the money's not there, neither is the ride. I mean, when you look back at last season, which was his first full time in the Cup Series, he had one top five, two top tens. It's it's not necessarily what you're looking for. Average finish of 232 I get why teams are getting trigger happy now. The the leash is short on on who you can put out there and expect to have success. I mean, he's only had three truck series wins uh, in his career also. So, you know, it, it's not as if... And you got Zane Smith, who you talked about it, has been a perennial guy who gets talked about on, on these broadcasts week in and week out. People are starting to know his name. Todd Gilliland... When we talk DFS, is always one of those guys toward the bottom of the the list, and we start talking about value in in him and where he starts versus where he finishes. So, I mean, I get it, and you're right. From a business standpoint, it obviously makes sense to have the guy that is talked about more, you know, especially that brings that money in with Ambetter because I'm sure they're paying a pretty penny to have that car out there. So, yeah, it sucks, but I mean, we even see out in the clash too. It's never been a secret. Like their drivers are on one year deals. They don't. They don't sign multi-year deals. It's one year, then they reassess a your performance, but a 1.0, how much money you're bringing to the team, basically. And that's, again, just a brutal part of the business. Even with a guy like Michael McDowell, who's had success. I mean, he had a great season last year, won the Daytona 500 the year before, and, and he's had some great solid runs and good stuff, but he's not getting more than a one-year-at-a-time contract, and that's just how it works. Now, He's got the love sponsorship and some other speed co and all that stuff that, that seem to be sponsoring him and, and keep him in that ride. But you look back at the 38 car Gilliland, right? He's a son of a former racer. There's already some money there. You get the sponsorship stuff. The season before it was Anthony Alfredo for one season sponsorship. The season before 
John Hunter Nemechek, another son of a former racer, brought some sponsorship money. Before that, it was David Reagan for a while, a guy that had been around a long time, had some connections, had some some money built up. And, and so it's not, I mean, it's more of a pay-to-play car than anything. Kind of shocking to see him reduce a guy to part-time, I guess. So almost full-time, but cutting some races. But again, if, if he wasn't able to sell those races, wasn't bringing in, generating the income that was expected. And unfortunately, the business side of things comes in and that's just how it works. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that and see if he does get a ride with one of these other teams. I mean, again, you, you've got the Rick Ware cars. I don't know that their schedules are all filled out. That's really the only other ones that have part-time. But then you have some of the part-time teams. If somebody steps up, if he's got enough funding to get into one of those rides. But if he didn't have enough for a front row car, does he have enough for somebody else? Does he find something to somebody step up? Who knows? He comes out Wednesday, Daytona 500 on Sunday. Things might change, right? Because then he's in the playoffs if he's full-time. So you never know. (laughs) I know. It just feels like a lot of people's destinies will be uh, determined by that Daytona 5. I mean, not that they aren't already, obviously, with that being such a big race. but It does change things, though. We saw, I mean, Michael McDowell, his teammate, the prime example of that. Because McDowell won the Daytona 500 in 2021, and then things changed looked up for them from then that point forward. Like there was extra sponsors that came on board. They got more backing from Ford because all of a sudden at that point of that season, for sure, he's locked into the playoffs. Like your ticket to the playoffs is already stamped right there. Week one of the season. Now you can look forward to that. Now, nobody really expected him to make a run and he didn't, but it brought more attention to him. You know, you get on all these TV shows, you do the Disney world stuff, all that. And it just, it brings more to the sport. And, it brought in a bunch of sponsors. The sponsors he had were happy because they obviously were the Daytona 500 winners. And so it it helps a lot when you get a good, solid performance. And if you can win that thing, it it obviously etches your name in history forever, but, but brings a lot of positive things around you as well. And so as we obviously watch this season unfold, we'll see which races Zane Smith actually does start to pilot. Uh, and I'd be more interested in that 38 car with Zane Smith in it. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, now I, obviously we have to see how he does, but I'm kind of a little more intrigued about that 38 with with Zane Smith behind the wheel. Not that I don't think Todd Gilliland is a good driver, but I just, you know, we, we've seen Zane Smith go and crush it on the track before and and... I just feel like he's got a lot more to offer, I think, that 38 car. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I don't disagree at all. I think, I mean, he proved it last year in his one-off start. He got the call to fill in on short notice and performed really well filling in for Brad Keselowski in that six car. Um, and so, yeah, be, be good to see the reigning Truck Series champion get get his shot at a, at a few races and see what he can make of his opportunity. Indeed. Um, all right, we got time for one more story. Cody, where do you want to take us? I don't know. I don't have any other stories for you. Actually, it's <gasps> been been a slower news day in uh, in in the NASCAR world. Uh, so yeah, nothing nothing else really going on today. So I'm I'm kind of just excited to jump into some more odds to bet on. Look at you. All right, fine. Then let's do exactly that. We'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to start talking about some more odds. We'll surprise you with what actually popped up uh, here the other day and uh, give you a good look at what we're looking at here in the next segment, in the next stage. But before we do. Let's make sure to get you signed up on the SGPN app to get yourself some big game bingo squares and get yourself a bingo card. And it's all full of your favorite big game prop bets. And if you get bingo, 
Hey, what? You're going to get $57 SGPN gift card. The only catch is you must be subscribed to the Sports Gambling Podcast and the NFL Gambling Podcast on YouTube. Nowhere else counts, just on YouTube to win. Also, in honor of the big game, SGPN is hosting a prop bet contest. Make your picks for 57 different prop bets. If you win, you're going to get $570 in cash and a $570 gift card to the SGPN store. Noticing a theme here. I'm not quite sure what that is. Anyways, all of our contests are free to play and exclusively on the SGPN app. Well, Cody, this is, of course, the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. And thankfully, books are starting to give us more in which to gamble. Oh, wait, on which, in which. Anyways, we get to gamble on more stuff, Cody. And that's the exciting part. And uh, thankfully, a book has answered our cry for more. And they've given us more. Now we can bet on head-to-head win totals on the season. Or actually, just head-to-head who has the most wins on the season. So... Not we're not even giving a spread. We're not giving anything. It's just straight money line. Who yeah, gets straight. the most wins? Yeah, I like this. Yeah, straight head to head. Put it's just like a head to head in a race, right? You put two guys together. Whoever finishes better, that's who wins the bet. And in this one, put two guys together. Whoever wins more races, they win the bet. Again, only points paying races count. So the clash didn't count. Martin Truex not listed here, anyways. But the dual races won't count as wins. And the all-star race at North Wilkesboro won't count as a win towards the the official tally. Um, But the other 36 points-paying races, all open for business on this one. Uh, And there's a couple of really tough ones on here. I was was looking ahead earlier, and then, yeah, there's a few that I I feel like are a little easier for me, and I I really have a lean way. But there's two of them that it's like, whoo, I don't know know which way to go, Rod. I, I might need your help. Well, then that is what we are here for, not just to help you, but to help everybody out there who needs help deciphering which drivers to take. Um, all right, we'll just start right at the top. There's a, a matchup that's right at the top that we'll start right right go down the list, uh, and that is Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney. Of the two, Joey Logano is favored at minus 139, Ryan Blaney the underdog at 105. You look back at what they did last season, Joey Logano, of course, picking up those four wins, 11 top fives, 10 top, or 17 top tens, rather. Ryan Blaney, well, I think he had four less wins than did Joey Logano. He was held out of victory lane uh, in an unfortunate just series of misadventures for the that 12 car. But uh, again, Joey Logano, reigning champion, four wins last season to Ryan Blaney's none. That is why he is the, I mean, going in a way, favorite in this instance but i think i know where you're going to lean on this one it, it just doesn't feel like it's as close as the books are as as cut and dry as the books are making it seem right now yeah i mean you put these two guys up together right and you say one of them won four races last year one of them won zero like case closed right you got to go with joey logano but as lee corso would say not so fast my friend i don't think that that's the case i think that Ryan Blaney, who's coming off of 2021, his best career season, scored three wins, and we know he's one of the the up-and-coming young drivers, right? 2022, we get the brand-new car. He didn't make it to victory lane in the regular season or in a a points-paying race, right? He did win the all-star race, but that would not have counted towards this. But 
not making it to victory lane a little bit deceiving. He won more stages than anyone else during the season with nine stage wins. There was multiple races, including the championship race, where he had clearly the best car in the field. The championship race, he allowed Joey to stay in front of him to win the race with the championship, played the good teammate, right? Daytona 500, if you go all the way back to the beginning of the season, Blaney probably should have won. Played the good teammate, waited to make the move, got blocked by teammate Austin Sendrick. Sendrick wins the race. That's already two wins he potentially could have had. You go throughout the season, there's countless other examples of times, and it became a thing on the broadcast. And like we talked about with Sheldon Creed, right? Like even Martin Truex Jr. had the same thing last year. It was just like something would always go wrong and cost him. And it was like eight different races where he had the best car and he just didn't win. I think that that shifts. I think he gets to victory lane multiple times. Also, I was doing some research, and there is a curse on the reigning champion. And Joey Logano, unfortunately, now has this curse placed on him. You have to go all the way back to when Jimmy Johnson won his third championship in 2008. Then in 2009, so in 2008, he won seven races. In 2009, he also won seven races. He won the championship again that season. But since then, no champion from 2009, which was Jimmy Johnson then as well, all the way through Kyle Larson in 2021, has won at least the same amount of races the next season that they won in their championship season. It's always, since then, gone down in number. So that shows you that if that continues to hold up, right, it's a pretty solid trend and a lot of years covered in there and a lot of different drivers too it's i mean that jimmy ended up having three more wins after that 09 championship but he never won the next season more races than he did the previous season brad kozlowski was in there kyle bush is in there twice denny ham oh just kidding (laughs) (laughs) sorry i couldn't help myself but kyle larson right his 10 wins then he drops to three chase elliott had five wins he dropped off the following season um joy logano was in there once already right 2018 and then also we've talked about this a few times but logano's odd year thing or even year thing right he's got 19 career wins in even years only 12 career wins in odd numbered years whether there's actually something to that or not i like it it's a fun statistic so i'm going to use it anyways um and so i think and blaney also so i mean he won the nine stages right he had 12 top fives 17 top tens. He finished second in the regular season standings when we had when we had 16 regular season winners. He finished a second in the regular season standings without winning. The only driver that didn't win to make the playoffs. I think he still made it to the round of eight before he got bounced without even winning still. So his season was impressive. He was solid. These guys are in equal equipment, right? Joey's not getting a better car than Ryan. Ryan's not getting a better car than Joey. The two of them might get a slightly better car than Austin Cindric, or they're just more talented, right? And Cindric is younger, and he'll get there. But these guys are a one A, one B at at Penske. They're both signed up for long term deals. Neither of them are going anywhere. And Blaney, twenty twenty two was just a fluke in the win category for Blaney. He's going to have multiple wins. I think Joey regresses a little bit, doesn't get to victory lane as much. Again, the new thing, right? Maybe he wins a Chicago street course. We're 100%. It's already penciled. It's already written at pen. He's just the show's pick for street course. I don't care what the odds are because it's a new race, right? And we have to pick him. Uh, but other than that, there's no other new races on the schedule. 
Um, other than the all-star race, I guess we'll have to pick him there too, but, <laughs> but that doesn't go anyway. So I think Joey does regress and obviously big Ryan Blaney guy here. Of course, we all know that, but I think that he has the positive regression and gets in the win column, gets in there multiple times. And this is the only one on the board where you're getting plus money. All the other ones, it's minus money on either side because they are that closely matched up. But this one, you're getting plus money. So this is a smash for me. I love the Ryan Blaney side of things. Yeah, and again, I just think this is mainly because Logano won the championship last year. Odds makers are pretty much just looking at that, thinking, well, of course, if, you know. And and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if these, uh, as I get all verklempt, um, I don't know if, if bookmakers, like, pay attention. Like, I wonder. Like, I, I really honestly wonder if some of these bookmakers pay attention to the sport itself or they just kind of go do a cursory look and say, okay, Joey Logano won the championship. Obviously, he's probably going to have more wins the next season than a guy that didn't have any wins. But, you know, obviously, I'd that's where the sharp This one hit. actually might show that they do somewhat pay attention because you would maybe think pairing a guy with four wins to a guy with no wins would be kind of crazy. But when you look at it, they are more on a level playing field than – than those statistics would necessarily show, but yeah, well, that and of course, if I guess if you think about it, they are trying to take people's money who don't pay attention and who don't right. listen to this show. <laughs> so, okay, I get it, I get it, and they've juiced it at a point to where that's probably exactly what they're after. So, I take back everything I said about you guys. Sorry if you're a bookmaker out there and listening. Um, which side do you like, or which side are you leaning with? Uh, I would definitely go Blaney on this one too. And and again, more you laid out the case perfectly for exactly why. And and for me, even when I first saw this, my initial thought was I'm going Blaney because I just, I don't see Logano getting as many wins this season as he did last season. The field is caught up. You know, this is, this is just the field is caught up and he, like you said, tends to win in new situations. This was a new situation last year. It's not new anymore. So that, that, uh, advantage that he had is, is, is gone up. So, or gone away rather. So yeah, give me Blaney. Um, I do, I do just think that this is a, at least a two win season for Blaney. Yeah, we're going to give Chicago to, to Logano already. But, uh, yeah, I think Blaney at least gets two wins. So, uh, good on that. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one on the list. A little couple of teammate uh, action going on here. We've got on one end, ding, 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 Chase Elliott at minus 122 going up against Kyle Larson, who is at minus 109. Obviously, the books believing that Chase Elliott will once again outperform his uh, Hendrick Motorsport teammate Kyle Larson, which he did last season, anyways. Uh, we know that Kyle was, or uh, Chase was the more winningest driver out of the two of them, and the most winningest driver in the field. Uh, won the most races last season. Uh, Kyle Larson did not, unfortunately. So um, again, this is a lot heavy toward toward Elliott, and not really even all that heavy. At, at just uh, like you said, Ryan Blaney's the only one to plus money. This one's only separated by. You know, I'm not good at math, so whatever 122 minus 109 is. But, um, yeah, I mean, for Chase Elliott to be up here, again, it's no surprise. You know, he is he's a guy that a force to be reckoned with every single season. He's not just your favorite driver, but a damn good one at that. So um, if I'm leaning anywhere, I think I'm leaning on Chase Elliott's side again, too, this season. I don't think it's going to be as as big of a gap between wins as it was this last season, but I do believe that, Elliott is capable of winning one more race than Kyle Larson because, again, the field is caught up. Kyle Larson had that fantastic season, had the curse of the champion last season, but I still think that he's not as comfortable in this car as 
people want to believe that he is. And I think that he even wants to believe that he is. So um, I think he may need a little more time. He may catch up at the middle of the season and, and have a great season the rest of the way. But yeah, I just think it's going to take him a couple more races to get back into the swing of things. This is the toughest one on the board for me. These guys, I mean, this, these are probably the best two cars in the field, right? These are the two guys who are the championship favorites. It's Elliott at plus 500, Larson at plus 650. They're neck and neck right there. They're in equal cars. They're teammates, right? Again, 1A, 1B. Those cars are no different. Chase Elliott had the better season last season with the five wins to the three. One of those Larson wins probably should have been an Elliott win at Watkins Glen. Elliott could have won about three or four more races that he got taken away from him late, right? So you can chalk all those up in in Elliott's favor. But then Larson won 10 races plus the All-Star race the season before with the championship he did have that champion's curse last season that's off now as he's not the defending champion anymore uh the most important thing i'm taking out of this is both of these guys wins totals are set at over three and a half minus 129 for each of them that's the one i want to head to and smash because i think both of these drivers find victory lane multiple times this year this is going to be a bet if you place one side or the other and i think you could bet either side of this it it's that close that it's it's really it's a coin toss the the other argument you can make for larson he's a little bit of a shorter price right and he's probably one of the most talented drivers in the entire world when it comes to driving anything so that chalks a little bit more in his in his side of things but i'm a big chase elliott guy and he's proven it right he was the best car last season throughout the season most consistent won the regular season championship had the wins struggled a little bit late but yeah, this one is very, very, very tough to pick. If gun to my head, if I had to pick one, I would probably go with Kyle Larson. Emotional hedge, may because I'd be happy if Elliot won more, of course. Uh, but you're getting the slightly shorter odds, although it's not really enough to even hardly move the needle. Uh, and I do think that Larson is the more talented driver of the two, but that's not not by a wide margin at all. Elliot is is one of the best drivers uh in the cup series as well so yeah this one this one is definitely the toughest on the board for me and the one that that i struggled with the most i don't necessarily think that elliot is going to go out and win the most races again this season i i, I kind of don't think that that's going to happen and i'm not sure that we see well i don't know i say that and then it's going to happen but uh somebody that that's because we talked about with the win totals when we were going through it we we're giving people a lot of a lot of wins and, and trying to kind of actually running out of races because we, we thought that there was going to be a lot of drivers that got a lot of wins. So I, I think that might be the case. I, I really do think that we see that when the 19 different winners shrinks. I don't, I just, I don't think we're going to get that again. And I think that those wins are going to be distributed to the Hendrick boys, to the Gibbs boys. And, and I think that, that these guys are going to get theirs right there. These are the, our, Again, probably the best two cars in the garage area, week in and week out. They're good pretty much everywhere. Kyle Larson, not on super speedways. That's the only thing you can say about him for now, at least. Uh, but, but yeah, the, I, I really, I see both of these guys again. This is no surprise, right? They're the favorites to win the championship for a reason. But I think they're both going to have five wins each, maybe. Maybe they split it right down the middle and go with six each or something like that. Or maybe it ends up being a 10 to 3 one way or the other. We'll see. But uh, these guys are going to get their wins for sure 
at least on one side or the other. <laughs> it's it's going to happen. Mark it down, and we'll we'll you know obviously give you which races you do we think are going to happen uh, that that's going to happen at as the season progresses. All right, let's move on to the next pairing. It is the the newly found rivals, the uh, the guys that just can't seem to keep each other uh, 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 keep away from each other on the track so far, and that is Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain. Uh, Ross Chastain right now is at minus 109. Denny Hamlin is the 122 side of this. Each of them had two wins last season. Each of them got into each other's faces at least five to ten times. Uh, you know, Denny Hamlin running Ross Chastain down the track. Um, okay, I don't know that the intensity of this rivalry, as it were, I I don't think it can continue the way it, it does because – if both of these cars start out the season, I mean, they are. we already saw a little bit of it in the Bush Clash, and that was, I don't know that you can take away any sort of rivalry moment in the Bush Clash, because that was everybody banging on everybody, and if that wasn't Chastain behind Hamlin, it would have been somebody else, and I, in fact, somebody hit Ross Chastain into Hamlin, and it wasn't right. even Ross Chastain's fault, so on this side of it, um, I, I don't know if Chastain is going to pick up two wins this season, because we talked about how they weren't fluky, but they definitely weren't sustainable. Obviously, he picked those up early and then afterwards just really sank and, and sank hard. He's going to be a fantastic driver. I, I think I don't remember what his, his win total was at, but I think we did take the over probably, on it. Probably one and a half. I think it was like one that. and a half, and I think we took the over on it. Uh, and so I, I think that's, you know, he. Yeah, one and a half minus 155. Yeah. Over. I, I, yeah, but I don't see him like collecting a ton of wins. Whereas Hamlin, on the other hand, you know, and he had one taken away from him, so we'll see. That was three. I would have been three, right? And that would have put him in the in the head head over. So I know that eleven car, it, it's fast and it's a Gibbs car. And we've seen now that Gibbs cars are trucking out of the gate here. So I don't know that it's it's a, a I don't know that's a uh, not out of the realm of possibility for Hamlin to pick up three wins. Whereas I don't see Ross Chastain getting to three wins this season. Yeah, this one's not even close in my opinion. This is a smashed Denny Hamlin. This is my favorite one on the board. Um, it's easy, easy decision for me. These are two guys that should not be paired up together. The story's cute, right? They had the little rivalry and whatnot. Yeah, they both won the same amount of races last year. We get it. But the way – and Ross, he kind of bookended his season, right? He started out strong, and then he faded for a while, but finished strong. He ended up making the Final Four with the move to knock Hamlin out of the final four at Martinsville, of course, everybody knows about that. But to me, I'd love to see Ross Chastain win multiple races. I think he can do it, but Trackhouse is only entering their third season. This will be the second year where they've got to keep up with the big money teams, right? Are they keeping up at the same speed that Joe Gibbs is with this new car and with things developing? I'm not sold on it yet. Now, if Ross comes out, he has another season like he did last year. I'm going to be more sold on him, but I, I'm going to be more hesitant. And he has to prove to me first that he can repeat it, that it wasn't a fluke. And I, I don't necessarily even want to say fluke because I don't think it was a fluke. He's got the talent and he's a great driver, but can they be in the same position again this year? I'm not sold yet. Whereas Denny Hamlin is each and every year had the two wins last year, three, if you count the one that got taken away from him, right? One, two, the year before that. But the two seasons before that, six and seven wins. He's the greatest driver to never win a championship in NASCAR history. He is always winning races. He's a threat to win each week, every week. And I'm not quite there on Chastain yet. 
even if Denny only gets the two, Chastain might only get one. But Denny will probably have three or four wins, I would guess, this year. Again, he's he's kind of the top dog at Gibbs now, right? It was him and Kyle Busch for a long time. Bush is out the door. Denny's got the spotlight now. He's got the top of the top over there. Um, and they were impressive early, right? They struggled at, at tracks that he's really good at generally early in the season. Richmond's, Martinsville, stuff like that. Well, they're going to have good cars, obviously, with the way Toyota ran at the Clash. That is the one thing I think you can take away from there is Toyota's short track program is on point for sure, um, and that helps Hamlin even more. So, yeah, for me, this is the easiest one. This is a smash Denny Hamlin. I'll be getting down pretty heavy on the Denny Hamlin side of things here and not even giving it a second thought. You may have to go back, check the tape on what I said about Ross Chastain. I feel like I yeah, might have been we, a little we, more we, ambitious yeah, we about it. probably should have wrote down our we'll – I'll have to go back and listen. And the win total ones, we, yeah. And the only reason – What we actually – Yeah, I was going to say because I don't I, – I've, I've honestly, I, I'm thinking about it now, and I might have been a little more bullish on him. Maybe my maybe my uh, Hail Melon – high as it was worn still off. fresh in our minds then yeah right? <laughs> i was so excited about what i had just seen that i was like i'm all in on ross chastain and i mean look i get it he's gonna be a fantastic driver but like i said i don't know that he's gonna win as many races this season uh as as most people seem to think and maybe even i thought earlier when the when the hail melon was all in my in my uh short-term memory but um all right let's move on to the next pairing this one, my friend, this one's ridiculously close. The bookmakers obviously were were not necessarily, uh, they didn't know what to do with this one either, as it is Tyler Reddick and Christopher Bell. Tyler Reddick at minus 117. Christopher Bell trailing very shortly thereafter at minus 114. I love the, like, this is so, so close, but we're going to leave the... The point zero zero three difference in there. <laughs> we'll we'll just we'll make you we'll give you the tempting fruit and let you sort of do what you will with it. Um, both of these drivers three wins last season. Uh, obviously, you know we we talked a lot about Tyler Reddick last year and how he uh, made his way up to the the new or the the winner circle last season. Of course, now he is in brand new equipment, uh, driving in twenty three elevens forty five car. Christopher Bell takes a step up in that Gibbs team but it's still not the top dog there in fact now with Martin Truex unretirement we may even see Christopher Bell uh fall a little farther in the ranks than we probably expected him to so question one is do we think Christopher Bell wins three races again this season and question two how much of a boost do we see Tyler Reddick get in his new equipment of the two of these I mean I'll still take Reddick I'll take Reddick with with the three the three-point juice uh, advantage uh, over, or, or actually gets a disadvantage uh, against Christopher Bell. But yeah, of the two of these pairings, I'm definitely thinking Tyler Reddick is going to be uh, in much better, at least position, right? Because there's only two cars in that in that stable versus Gibbs where they got a lot of mouths to feed there. And, you know, Tyler Reddick's going to set himself apart pretty early in that team uh, with Bubba Wallace there too. And I think he's going to get great enough equipment to at least equal three, if not get four or five wins. I don't see four or five wins in Christopher Bell's future this year, just given the fact that, you know, he he is not the highest person in that Gibbs organization. Yeah, similar to the Larson Elliott one, this is the other toughest one for me. But I do lean to the Reddick side as well. Case can be made either way. Reddick had his three wins last season. Could have, should have had four, right? Bristol Dirt. We all know we got spun out on the last lap there. 
And Christopher Bell, he ended up with three wins, but should he have won at the Charlotte Roval with the Cardboard Gate? No. Had he not won that, would he have put himself in position at Martinsville where he would have been eliminated from the playoffs? Maybe not. So, you know, you could possibly take a couple away from him there, but they did both win three. Uh, Reddick was really good at road courses, but Toyota struggled at road courses. So that's a, a negative in Reddick's side of things. But Reddick was also good at mile and a half since 2311 was one of the best teams at mile and a half, right? We saw him win both Kansas races, and, and Bubba and Kurt were both good at other places. So I think that there can be arguments made for either side. I've come around on Christopher Bell, right? Originally, I was under the 1.5 wins for him. I do think he can get a couple of wins. Tyler Reddick, to me, though, is, is Kyle Larson-esque. He is going to have the Kyle Larson 2021 season at some point. Is it this year? Maybe not. But does he reel off 8 to 10 wins in a season soon? Yes, I absolutely see that coming from Reddick. Uh, and so with that potential huge upside, um, and Bell, I get it. He made the Final Four. He's been strong over there. Kyle Busch is out the door, so maybe that slides him up. But Martin Truex Jr., a new man kicking down doors, right? Maybe that slides him back down. Ty Gibbs is over there as well. Um, and I know I didn't take a point off for Hamlin there, but I think that's a different scenario. Uh, these are these two guys are key pieces in Toyota Racing's hit future, right? Reddick, they wanted him. They went and got him from Chevy early, then he got out of his contract. He's there earlier than he should have been. And Bell, a younger guy that's, that's locked in over at Gibbs and appears to have the talent. Um, so we're going to see these guys duking it out in similar cars, not from the same stable, but pretty much the same stable. Um, and so, yeah, I do think it's a close one, but... Tyler Reddick has much more upside, in my opinion. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Reddick side and and pay that extra three points of juice. I don't which know, which you man. don't pay if you win. So. Hey, listen, hey, we brought that up today too on the NFL on the uh, propcast. Rather, uh, we you nice. you were mentioned in the uh, in the juice capacity. If you only pay the juice if you lose, so uh, we definitely <laughs> that <is> accurate. <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, but you know, it, to use a fantasy football term, I suppose Tyler Reddick has the highest ceiling and I think the lowest floor out of the two. I know Christopher Bell truthers are going to hate me for that, but uh, you know, I just. I feel very strongly that Tyler Reddick has the, the capacity to get it done, um, and especially just given his circumstances now, uh, that he is definitely one of the only two in the garage at this point. So uh, I think he benefits from And, and I think he's the lead dog over at 2311, too. I love Bubba. He's proved great at the Clash as well, and he's got a bright future. He's not going anywhere. But I think you put those two guys in the room, and I think that Reddick immediately is the top dog over there, too. So but I that's also another bonus in his column yeah and i also think though that that wallace is gonna gonna rise to that challenge too i really 100%. feel yeah i i honestly feel like reddick will reddick will elevate him I, he had kurt bush over there to coach him mentor him help him get through some stuff now he's got reddick and it's take the gloves off and you two go out there and it's gonna help both of them yeah yeah definitely so um all right this last pairing i'm not even quite sure this is it this is who the hell came up with this one? <laughs> I and I don't even know where this pairing came from. Like the rest of them, you could make a, an absolute one hundred percent case of why they should be together. Whereas this is, this is definitely the one that shows you they don't pay attention. Yeah, they yeah. just went and they looked. They went down the win column. Let's grab two different guys that had one win and put them together. Okay, and, and they go. did. Here's your, here's your random two guys that 
shouldn't be in the same conversation that are paired up together. Well, let's put them in the same conversation, shall we? One, Chase let's Briscoe and Daniel Suarez, just as Cody alluded to just and, a second ago. And they're so close. We're going to do the same thing we do with the other guys and yeah. keep them not quite the same, but very, very close. Yeah. Chase Briscoe is the favorite at minus 117. Daniel Suarez is the underdog at minus 114. Just like Cody said, both of them had one single uno win last year. Uh, his first career win. His first both. career, yeah, exactly. And maybe that's what it was. Maybe they were like talking about the first career wins uh, yeah. for both of these drivers. Uh, look, and that's where the similarities end. <laughs> I wish there was a third option, and I would put neither because I don't. I'm not even interested in this. <laughs> like, it, can we get a soccer bet on this? Can we bet the draw? <laughs> yeah, the draw, the nil. Like, I, I honestly, I don't know that either one of these guys wins uh, a race at all this season. We talked about Daniel Suarez. You know, just being able to win Sonoma on what probably was more of a, a road racing technicality than it was a great. I mean, it was a great race. Don't take don't get me wrong. He, he won, which means he still did the right things to, to win. But, you know, now that road racing has changed as far as the pit strategies are concerned that we talked about a couple of those types of Chase scenarios Elliott and Kyle Larson. Exactly. Be huge for those guys. Yeah, yep. we are not we are not living in that world anymore where somebody can sneak in and grab a win because of pit strategies. So. I think that takes the ball out of Daniel Suarez's uh, court. And I didn't like the way Chase Briscoe looked in the clash. I mean, I know that it's not for nothing. I know it's an exhibition. I know we said we weren't going to put a whole lot of stock in it. But I still don't necessarily like the way I saw him driving the car. And, of course, last season, it wasn't even necessarily a fantastic season for Chase Briscoe either, wherein he had one win, six top ten, or top fives, and ten top uh, tens. Ugh. Um, so it wasn't like he was running well all season long. Anyways, his average finish, 17.3. Not really all that impressive to me. So, yeah, I don't know that he's going to sniff another win this season. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't necessarily like either of these guys to win, but if you are going to bet on this, Chase Briscoe is the clear side for me. I mean, he is the guy that's in the better equipment with Stuart Boss. He signed a multi-year extension there. Kevin Harvick is walking out the door after the end of the season. Eric Almarola is already halfway in and out, and Brett Favre and Tom Brady, and he can't make up his mind which way he's going. So Briscoe is the, the clear future at, at Stuart Haas, right? Priest has come aboard. We'll see. Does he keep a ride there? Who knows? Who comes in with the four, with the 10 later on? But Briscoe's going to be the main steady guy there, right? So they, I think that does help his, his case. And I know some people are really, really big on him. Our buddy Derek. Loves him, thinks he's going to win like 47 races this year. I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit on that. But if one guy can win for sure, it's Briscoe over Suarez. Now, can Suarez win? Yes. But he's got the same track house questions that Chastain has. Um, can they hold up? He didn't. He wasn't as impressive as Chastain was last year. And he just he, he had his flashes, right? He was really good at Coda and then kind of fell out, had some issues there, made up for it with looking into getting there in Sonoma and and getting the win had a great celebration, right? The taco pinata. We all loved it, but he's in his sixth season, mostly with big, strong teams. And this was his first win. Finally. I just, I don't see it coming again. Can Briscoe get a win? Yes. I, I can, I can see him at least getting one and that I think will be enough to win this. So again, if I'm going to take one here, I'm going with the Briscoe side. Would I be surprised if they tie at zero? No, I wouldn't be surprised there either. And that's exactly where I was going with that. I'm pretty sure that if you want to just stay away from this bet altogether, I would not blame you one single bit. 
And it's not, but the odds aren't even juiced in a way that it would make it tempting to me anyways. Like this is not, I mean, if we're going to do this, like make, make one, make them both plus money, you know? And and if you are on the, on the Chase Briscoe side of things, if you agree with Derek and with some of these other guys out there that, that think he's going to win multiple races, then hammer this. Like, in my opinion, it's even that close. And it's not really a bad thing to put it out there. And then if they push at the end of the season, you get your money back. I, I think that this one is the hardest one to make a case for the other guy to win, right? I think it's hardest to make the case for Suarez to have more wins. Now, does he get a win somewhere and Briscoe doesn't? Yeah, it could happen. It's possible, of course. But it's the hardest to make a case for him to have more wins than Briscoe than any of these other matchups where they're kind of toss-ups or they could go one way or the other, but you have a lean to one side. This one is the one where I think it's Briscoe or it's nobody. It's, it's either Briscoe or it's a push, more likely than any of the other ones, in my opinion, at least. Yep, but I still feel icky betting on either one of them. So, Because yeah. uh, then I would have to cheer for Briscoe to at least win. Just go hammer Denny Hamlin yeah, yeah, over yeah. Chastain, and you'll be good. You'll be, you'll be fine. You'll, you'll be you Take right. nothing else out of this conversation. That's that's the best one out there. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Cody, we have gone through the entire list of what this book has to offer in head-to-heads. I'm sure we'll get more as the, uh, hopefully as the, the days. Hopefully we only got 12 more days. Yeah. Let's throw some more out there. We love this. That, that's some red meat. Give it to us. Give it all to us. I'm hoping we get some, some Super Bowl crossover bets that we'll be able to talk about later this week. I'm not seeing much out there yet. Nah, all I'm seeing is uh, is football and uh, what else did I see? Um, There's all kinds. There's football and NBA, NBA, football and NFL. That's what it is. Or NHL. NHL. That's what some MMA. Give us some fucking NASCAR. Jeez, what is the issue? I have no clue. We still, again, we need to start our own book. We say it every week. <laughs> Working that way. Uh, all right. Well, Cody, as we draw this episode to a close... Please let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeeb. I uh, got some Super Bowl stuff out and coming out this week. Uh, t- two of the most fun articles I had researching, I was able to write for the Super Bowl here. One's already out. Some some betting trends from both teams this season and from Super Bowls of the past. You got the coin toss history in there. You got the white jersey history in there. And then you have you know some of the team's performances so far this year. Um, Gatorade, I got a got a full article on just the Gatorade and what color to bet on. That was super fun going back, learning more about the history of how that started, uh, and then all the options and the trends over the years, what colors and what colors to maybe expect this season. That was really fun. That's going to be coming out this week. Uh, and then some player props as well. That'll be coming out. So definitely check those out. Uh, and again, you can find all those on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeeb. Follow the show as well at NASCAR Gambling and get in the Discord. I too have a Gatorade color article. Uh, spoiler alert, I'm going blue. Three out of the last four seasons oh. have been blue. I think blue. Spoiler alert, blue. I'm not going blue. Yeah, so you're probably you going. Two differing opinions in our. I'm going to have to look, but I'm going to have to read, but I think you probably went orange because of uh, the last time that the Chiefs won. Anyways. <laughs> You're also not correct. Oh, damn. All right, fine. (laughs) Yellow, green. Uh, uh, That's it. (laughs) Follow me on Twitter at RJ Villagomez. Link in the bio to everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's Sportsbook Review, whether it's in between media, the back road now on YouTube, and every other Tuesday I'll be joining them to break down NASCAR. We'll be back again tomorrow with more to talk about NASCAR things, stuff, drivers on tracks. It's all here at the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Thanks for listening. 
Until next time, let's go racing and let it ride.